2021. This is the first episode of 2021. Good riddance to 2020, the bastard of a year. And I'm Jody Whitesides here for Inside the Recording Studio with Chris Hellstrom. How are you today, Chris? I'm great, Jody. I'm with you. Let's uh, just wish <laughs> 2020 to go away. Well, it already did. Um, yeah. So just hopefully it you know, stays away. Yeah. Yeah. And let's hope that we can, you know, have a better year. But uh, yeah, here we are. First day of the new year. And uh, so brand happy new, new episode year to you, for Jody. us too. Yeah. Happy new year to you and happy new year to everybody out there and inside the recording studio land. We appreciate you being here. Just get Indeed. that right out of the way. Just right off the top. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, we certainly do. How You've taken a little bit of a break, as have I, right? So um, how, how's your break been, Jody? Everything been good? Relaxing? Hopefully. So far, so good. I actually got to yeah. shovel snow this morning, which Ooh. is a plus I in a sense because there's been so little snow already this year. Uh, normally, I would have skied multiple times already, but there's been no skiing yet for me. I know the resort is open and I could go skiing, but... It's weird because they have like 50% of the chairlifts open and only like 12% of the mountain open, which makes no sense to me. <laughs> hmm. Oh, so, well. So just getting the skiing information for Park City out of the way. Sure. There you go. So that's the uh, sports segment of the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shall we get on with the, yeah. the, the work section of this and, and like start uh, talking about what we're talking about? Sure. Let's right. do that. Let, maybe, maybe uh, you know, for people who are hungover and listening to this, again, you're our kind of people. So thanks for <laughs> listening. <laughs> uh, but no, we're, we're talking about anatomy of a synth today. Yes. Um, it is a subject that can, I think for, for most of us, unless we grew up playing hardware synths and, and that's our instrument of choice, it can be confusing. So I think when in the era of the DAW here, when everybody buys soft synths and stuff, it, you're essentially buying a bunch of patches, right, that you end up playing, but you might not be super comfortable how your synth actually works. So we're going to do a little bit of a breakdown of the The general, general sense of most synths. Yeah, of the signal flow type of thing. So hopefully this will help a little bit and you will feel more brave starting to work your synth as it were. <laughs> brave. I almost yeah. feel like we need to have Mel Gibson with his brave heart stance coming out and saying something majestic. But I'll yes. leave that to you since you're more Nordic than I am. Yeah, but I wonder sometimes if I'm really that majestic. But <laughs> hey, I, my, my hair is long anyway and my, my facial hair is getting there. So <laughs> You're on your way. Even if I, I'm on my way, I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. So um, the first part, should we just dive in? I think- Let's just dive in. Yeah, let's go right into the deep end of the water there. Let's do it. I got my torch ready and my sword. Let's go exploring here. I've got my bathing um, suit. Ooh. Because <laughs> we're that, diving that took in. A left turn. Sorry. Yes, it did. <laughs> oh, let's, okay. let's just go right into <laughs> the synth now. I, I started- uh, Imagining what that would look like. I'm, Please mm, don't. Okay. That, 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 yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's a visual I don't need. But then again, you know, I'd like to think that we know each other well enough that if that's something I wanted to see, I could probably just ask. Um, <laughs> don't you think? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've known each other for or longer than perhaps some 
listeners have been alive. But anyway, that's a different story. Anyway, talk, get on with Na- the synth, Yeah, Chris. get on with the synth, man. Get right in okay. there. What's the anatomy? Where are we starting? Well, we're going to start with the oscillators. Mm. And an oscillator, it's essentially the sound source of the synth, right? So you and say. So I say, <laughs> absolutely. And um, it's not uncommon to have multiple oscillators. Um, but, Available uh, in a synth. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so we can, we have a lot of stuff to, to, to tailor there. And what an oscillator is essentially a, a sound wave. And we have a couple of different ones of those. And, and the reason we have different ones is because they obviously sound different, right? So the, the most pure one that we have is something called a sine wave, mm. um, which has a very sort of, well, the best way, it, it's hard to describe how all these sound, but, but it's a very, very clean signal. Um, the best thing to do is basically just strip everything off of your synth and dial these up for yourself and, and, and listen to them. But maybe we can do this for actually the Tuesday I, I can tip. I just, can also like say that I know that most people would probably recognize what a sine wave sounds like if they've ever had a hearing test. Because yes. the tones that they play are sine waves. Mm-hmm. They're very, very clean yeah. tones of the notes or the frequencies that they're trying to figure out whether or not you can hear it or not. That's what a sine wave right. sounds like. Yeah. Um, next one we have is a square wave, which um, to my ears sounds a little bit more hollow kind of a sound. Mm. But it, it is, we're removing, now I might get this wrong, but we are removing either the odd or the even harmonics of the signal. So it, you know, we're, we're leaving stuff out and it gives a different sound. That, yeah. That's the technical term for it. Well, and if you look uh, at it from a visual sense, most of these synth manufacturers are going to make it look like half a, well, three quarters of a box. You get yeah, a, it's a up, square, a, right? So, a top yeah. and a side. So two sides and a top. And then, you know, the bottom is where the zero point is, where there's no, yeah. no third. Right. Line, and then there's a line. variant of that. We have something called a pulse wave, mm. which is where not the, the peaks and the troughs, if you will, are they're, they're not even anymore. So one could be shorter, one is longer. And that, again, creates a little bit of a variant on that sound. Right. Um, next, we have sawtooth. Saw. Which is, yeah. And you don't and mean the horror movie. No, but it has the same shape <laughs> as a sawtooth. As a sawtooth. Yeah. yeah. So um, hence the name. Uh, but this is something that um, very frequent use in, let's say, like dance music or EDM or anything. We have those super saws, these really big, fat sounding um Sounds very sort of a little bit more aggressive if we have a filter completely open there, but but yet another sound. So those are the three big ones that we get. We have a sine wave, a square or a pulse wave, and a sawtooth. Yep. Uh, and with that, we can create well, a plethora a of sounds. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, we have, you know, mo- most synths as well will have a noise. Uh, generator as well and that, that can seem a little bit odd it's like noise why well it's because if you blend that in a little bit it, it can fill out and add some nice textural elements to that as well and um if we go back to let's say late 70s or, or early 80s sometimes a noise filter might have been used to create 
kind of like a snare drum sound type of thing when you just have that that burst of of all frequencies happening at once. Yep. Uh, and in more modern productions, uh, we have wavetables as well, which is um, different types of these waves. Essentially, not not the pure waves, if you will, uh, like sine waves and square and saws, but these are just combinations of them if you will it would be a good uh way of looking at that so um that gives even more variance in in the sound that you can mess around with those as well right so so there's five to start off right that, that we got that's i've got a quick question can, for you yes sir on something like the iris from isotope mm -hmm. you can input an image and I think yeah. alchemy can do that too. Is that correct? Yes. So there's yeah, some so sense it, out there where you can actually input an image. What kind of oscillator is that? Or is it an oscillator? That would be more of a flux capacitor. <laughs> no, I, um, no, you know what? I, I, I honestly don't know what uh, alchemy calls that, but, th but that's different you know, technology as well, but, but that would be just one form of oscillator that, and that's obviously something that doesn't necessarily exist in the real world. Well, of course it, it doesn't exist pure... in the real world, but I, or it, it right. does exist in the real world because we can do it. However, it's yeah. not of the five things that you just mentioned unless, and this is why I was asking, uh, yeah. is an image considered to be a wavetable? Um, is that how it's generating its sound? I think the way that they generate the sound using that technique, and I could be wrong, and if I am, somebody please correct me on it. Um, but it well, we're generally supposed to be the ones spreading knowledge. <laughs> well, I can I'm only spread you. the knowledge that, that I have. Right. Um, it, but if I'm wrong, but, but the way I, I believe it works is that the synth then analyzes the, uh, the image for variances of light um, over time. So I think the darker the image, the more presence of low end and um, higher light sources will go higher up in the frequency spectrum. I think that's the way the um, the way they get analyzed. Okay. So you get this very, you know, possibly interesting sound going off certainly something that can be very unique right? yes well and i brought um, that up because the iris allows you when you're like in dealing with some sort of like creation of sound you can actually draw a binding like outline around yeah. the image of the sound and it will yeah. utilize just the area that you've drawn in so you could draw some pretty crazy stuff and get some wild sounds out of it so that's just another yeah. form of creating the sound which i believe is a type of oscillator i just don't know what it's called and that's my fault well, for not knowing well yeah i i don't think that there would be necessarily technically an oscillator it would just be another way to create sound it would just be another sound source but um you're right in the in the case of iris for example um you, you would load it into one of the sound source slots, right? And then, like you said, you can draw or erase things in there. I, th I believe it's based on the same technology that RX uses mm. in the same study. It, it, it reads the um, frequency spectrum when you have the low end on the bottom. Yep. And at the, at the high end, um, 
there's obviously the higher frequencies and you can erase things and and yeah create some <laughs> pretty interesting stuff it, it it's um i actually recently saw iris on sale for like 10 bucks or something Ooh, which is almost criminal <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um so yeah there's all of that and this is would probably get a little bit deeper into yeah well i just i was trying to point out that there's another way to create the initial sound using images so yeah and then there's you know there's granular synthesis and and all this kind of stuff as well uh, with essentially these minute wavetables we can split the sound but up that's and, still a wavetable anyway let's move uh, on because yeah. i'm getting a little too nitpicky for something that's supposed to be general so yeah we'll start talking about the next part okay so at this point if we have more than one source we will generally have some form of mixer within uh, the synth where, itself yes within the synth itself yeah so it, it's essentially it could be as simple as individual volume controls for each oscillator and the noise or noise generator. Uh, sometimes it could even be a like on Logic's retro synth, for example. There, there's just a slider between mm -hmm. the two oscillators that are present there. So anyway, to, to sort of combine these. And I should say also that on some synthesizers, the oscillators won't necessarily have to be, let's say, a sawtooth or square wave sometimes you could actually combine them in the same oscillator as well to, to for even more um, flexibility but yeah the, the next part would be just the mixer where you kind of blend all the um, sounds that you're trying to all create the sounds to make one giant yep. sound there you go yeah so the next step after that now we get into a little bit more of the shaping of the sound, right? We, we generally have yes, Sorry. filters, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, we would generally have two controls. We will have a cutoff frequency, and we will have resonance. Mm. So, cutoff there is relatively. Self-explanatory. You will have a frequency where, sure? just like when we talked about EQ, right, where you have a high pass, which is the most widely used um, filter, where you just take out the high end of the frequency signal or uh, of the, the oscillators. Um, but then we have something called a resonance. And what the resonance does, it actually adds a little bit of a bump right at the cutoff point. So you can get it, it, a pretty aggressive sound if you have a lot of that. That's where you can get a lot of those sort of squelchy, aggressive kind of sounds if you have a little bit of resonance on there. So um, using those two, the cutoff and the resonance, you can sculpt your sound a lot with just those simple controls. So that's the filter. And there are different types of filters, but we're we're talking about a low pass filter or a high cut filter today so that would be the next step then our sound passes on through the amplifier yes and, uh, this is where it really it, starts that, to get interesting right uh, yeah it does because without well we're going to talk about two things combined here in the amplifier it, it could be as simple as just the output knob right but generally we have uh, 
I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I'll bring it right back. Don't jump. Have... Don't jump. Just go right in. <laughs> okay. So, um, so we're going to talk on the amplifier section. We will have something called an ADSR, and what that stands for is attack, decay, sustain, and release. So, what does that mean? Well, the attack is if we have a zero attack time, as soon as you press a key on your keyboard, full volume right away. Uh, what the attack will do is it will be generally set to milliseconds, but we, if we increase that, the sound will swell in, almost like you would do like an automation fade uh, on anything. So it, it, it can make for a lot smoother sounds. Let's say they have a pad sound or something of that vein where you want it not to hit straight away you you can have it come in a little bit smoother um, well it's like so a volume that's swell. The it's like having it in reference to say a guitar player who is playing something that is smashing you in the face from the pick attack that would be a very short attack time on a synth whereas if you come out and you're playing like uh with a volume pedal or a volume control on your guitar, say a la something like um, Van Halen in cathedrals, where every note comes in, but it's like swelling in. That would be a long attack time. That's the big difference. Right? Very, very well put. Very yes. well put. Just Couldn't to, have said it better myself. There you it go. didn't. So, yeah. <laughs> Come on, so, man. Get uh, it together. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm trying, I'm trying. Okay, so now the next two things here, decay and sustain, are somewhat related. Um, and we're not talking about mummies in Egypt. No. Say that again? <laughs> we're not you, talking about mummies in Egypt. <laughs> decay, uh, sustain. Okay, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> that was a left turn. Yes. Um, but yeah, so, so decay is how quickly the sound starts to die out after you, you know, you're still holding the key. You could have it so that it goes up to a peak and then kind of comes down. Um, the, the level as you're holding the key is set by the sustain level. So if that's up all the way, the note is not gonna change. But if you have that lower and you have a certain decay time, what's gonna happen is that it's gonna reach its peak and then with a the value that you have to, on the decay, it's gonna slowly turn down until it reaches the sustain level. So messing around with those is something where we can have a sound rise up and kind of come back down again. Or we can also have a very, very low sustain where you can get more percussive sounds. And the decay would then just Would that be more like a short sustain rather than a low sustain when you're talking about percussive? Yeah, it, it would, you could basically have it down at zero, right? And then the sound will just disappear. So you right after this the very decay, sort of right? Yeah, exactly. So then the decay would just essentially control how long the note is going to ring out. Sure. Well, the decay is... As you mentioned, you, you have your quick attack and you have your decay level that is your generally coming your peak. And then as it comes off, as you mentioned, you go down to the sustain. And the sustain, mm -hmm. based on duration, is how long you'll hear the note once the key is released, I would assume. Uh, 
Well, sustain will, will maintain it. that that level up until you let go of the key. Right. That's what I mean. So it comes down to the volume level that, as you mentioned, it could, you have your peak with the decay, and then your sustain is your volume level as it's holding out, and then the next part is the release. Yes. Which means, just like you're saying, the release, like as soon as you let go of that key, how long does it take for that sound to completely go away? Is it instant? That would be the case of a very, very low release time. Um, or longer, which would just linger on for however long you have that set to. And again, this could be something that linger. can be very, very useful to add realism to a part, right? Um, if you're playing those pad sounds, you might not want that to stop right away. You might want to have a little bit of a longer release time. Well, so, as pads generally do, they are supposed to kind of swell in, fill in the area, and then kind of quietly fade off into the distance. Most pad sounds. Yeah, I, I, I would certainly agree with that. Yeah. So with those tools right there, you can do a lot. And... Um, before just to wrap up the segment here, I think getting comfortable with using these elements first, I think is is a really really good way to get a handle on your synth. Uh, we've talked about in the past where some amazing synths that we we get in whether it's hardware or software form can sound just enormous right off the box, right? It sounds like the THX intro. <laughs> well, they're meant to be used all by themselves. They're not meant to be part of something else in that regard. Exactly. But I think sometimes those patches are, you know, great to show what the synths can do. But in a lot of cases, maybe not that useful, you know, in an actual mix. So learning how to sort of scale down and uh, roll your own, as it were, uh, is really, really helpful to, to make sense sit in your mix. And, and also, you know, much like you're using a, um, let's say that you're using a guitar amp, knowing how to dial in your guitar amp and, and get the sounds that you want. Um, same thing goes for synths. You, you want to be able to use your equipment all the way back to episode one. We're talking about knowing <laughs> your gear. Right? Hey, that's a long way back now. Well, that is a long way back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, so with that, we will take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. And now we're moving on. We're talking about modifiers. <gasps> modifiers. Ooh. Yes. Modifiers. So in the first segment here, we talked about, you know, all, all the different parts of, of the synth here. But, but now what we can do is, just like the name implies, we can modify that. And one of the modifiers I've actually already talked about, and that's the amplifier section with the ADSR, where we can really sculpt the sound to fit um, the part that we're, with the patch that we're trying to create. Yes. Uh, but we frequently have a filter envelope as well, which will generally also be like an ADSR, same kind of function that, that we had. But this will now impact the filter. The filter. So that, Which, are you talking yeah. about the cutoff and the resonance filters or some other new kind of filter? Talking about the same cutoff and resonance filters. Aha. Yes. So you can add an ADSR to the filters of the cutoff and the resonance. 
Yeah, you can you can assign it to that so that you you have perhaps the filter open up in the beginning of the sound and then become wow. duller. I know, right? Crazy. So this there's you know it, it's not as simple as just like oh, okay here's your filter do this and it'll sound great. But it's um, <laughs> well that's what I want. Well, the, I want it to be yeah. magical. Right. Automagical. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they are, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a, a, you know, pulling up a patch and it's like, wow, this is really, really cool. Um, and not, you know, have a need to change anything. But but there's a liberation that comes to that where, you know, if we have a patch, oh, this sounds really, really cool if it could only do this. Right, so you want to be able to to go in and, and adjust things, but but if the other only. modifier that we have, yeah, right. Uh, the other thing that we have also are LFOs, stands for low frequency oscillators, and th these are essentially pulses that are happening below human hearing, and we can use these waves to affect other parameters, and th these could be things again like the filter. It could be things like the width of the square wave, perhaps. So it, it can affect that pulse. It can even affect, you know, sometimes pitch or something like that in in the synth. So we have, you know, a couple of different waves there. Usually we have sine waves, we have square waves, we might have triangle waves. There's also another one that is called sample and hold, sometimes called random as well, um, that we can use to assign to all these different parameters. Um, and again, it, it learning how to use all these different parts of your synths, um, it, it can be very, very liberating. So mm, liberation. Uh, yes. It's like libation, but, but it's only different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I can't, I can't claim to be, you know, an expert on all of this. Um, but um, I do know my way around the synth a little bit, enough to kind of get what I want uh, a lot of the times. But um, there's a guy that actually used to work for Alchemy or, or uh, Camel Audio. Uh, I think he was one of the guys responsible for Alchemy. Mm. Uh, there's a guy called Dan Worrell. And... Go look him up if you want some deep dives into to some synth uh, tweaking. Uh, he's got, I think he's done some, actually, I know he's done some stuff for uh, Yuhi as well, where he shows, you know, how to how to get the most out of, of some of those. And this guy is a monster. I mean, just his knowledge goes deep, deep into all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Dan Worrell, go check him out. Uh, but... Um, that is, in short, the anatomy of a synthesizer. Ooh. So now go practice. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we got like a biological lesson from you today. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I did a lot more talking than I normally do today. So, uh, yeah. But I it's apologize. a nice, refreshing yeah. way to start off the year. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but synths are cool. I mean, I, I, I like synths. I... Um, you know, I, I remember, well, I grew up in the era of when it was like the metal kids and the synth pop kids. And you can probably imagine which camp I was in. But <laughs> I always, I always kind of liked um, some of the, the 
the stuff that was coming out. And uh, I won't mention it now because one of them is actually one of my picks for the Friday Fine. But we're not there yet. So, no. um, but do you have any any favorite synths that you'd like to reach for, Jody? And what, what kind of stuff do you generally reach for? Or what kind of purpose type of thing do you There do you are like? several that yeah. I reach for, and it depends on my mood more than anything. Yeah. When I'm in the mood for something really esoteric, I will grab Iris. There is no question about that. That mm -hmm. particular synth is just crazy in what it yeah. can achieve in terms of just bizarre sounds. In terms uh, of probably the quick go-to synth, I'm thinking it's Alchemy mm -hmm. is usually the first pick. From there, if I'm looking for something a little bit more cinematic, I'm probably going to pick up Zebra. Um, okay. <clears throat> and if I'm thinking more in terms of like bass and something that is wild about the bass and possibly able to talk and communicate, there's two choices that I'll go for there. But more often with the bass end of things, I'm going to go with uh, – oh, man, it's, now that I've said all that, it's going to escape me uh, – Serum. Serum oh. is going to be that synth that I, uh, I jump on um, for something that has a plethora of different things that generally just work. Silent is a good choice. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think that's enough naming off of things that I tend to grab on the first <laughs> end of the light, uh, synth style things. Yeah, but I mean, but it goes to. You know, show. I think there's there's so many great synths or, or soft synths, I should say, out there today. That if you, it's a little bit like again, I'll draw the parallel with collecting essentially um, guitar amp emulators, right? <laughs> you can collect it's synths. Like, okay, yeah, it, it's the same way. But I think at the same time, if you learn how to use one or two of these you can pretty much get whatever you want. Yes. I mean, you mentioned um, Iris. Yep. I, I'm a big fan of those as well. I tend to use it the same way that you'd, when I want something, I tend to use them a little bit more for like soundscapes and, and things in that vein. Um, yep. Alchemy is all over the map. I mean, I, I remember because I actually had that when it was Camel Audio. Camel Audio. Before, yeah. And... I remember thinking, like, is there anything that this synth can't do? I mean, because <laughs> it's it's ridiculously deep. Um, so I would I would go out on a limb and say, if you can't get the sound that you want out of Alchemy, maybe you're just not that good at programming your synths. <laughs> and I, I would count myself into that because it's. It is so deep what you can do, and everything can be automated and modified and, and with everything. So it's ridiculously deep. Um, I'm sure there are others out there that, that do this similar thing, but um, yeah, well, massive. I one guess, thing from, that I could think of that uh, yeah. 
would be, yeah, I, boy, didn't even drop the, because I was going to drop the line with the whole thing of reactor, which is like, mm-hmm. you can create your own damn synth with all kinds of pieces, parts in, in that one. Um, yeah. And if I think about certain things, massive is really nice, as is massive X, which is a huge step up from yeah. massive. And massive is also right. really great at bases, uh, as, Boy, the whole native instruments line on that stuff. Uh, if I want other more ethereal type things outside of Iris, I'm going to go with the ethereal synth from, from native instruments. Although the thing it's uh, ethereal, what is it called? Ethereal what? Um, that's half the name of it. I think it's two words. And uh, it does some crazy morphing between sound sources that is really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. There, there's so many. There's of those a lot out, out there. there. So yeah, um, but I would say just if you really want to get in deeper into it, I would say just pick one, learn it really well, and then explore options if if you find that it doesn't do that. Yes. So um, yeah, so I think maybe we should try to keep this one a little bit shorter here, Jody, and move into. <gasps> I'm going to say it. You're going to say it? You're kicking Friday it off. Friday find. All right. Well, yeah. you're going to kick it off yourself then because you always start. No, you start. should kick it no, off. No, no, no. Yeah. It's, it's a Chris starts it. this one thing. Okay. Chris always I starts introduce it. it and say, okay, Listen, today I'll do, you do. It. Yeah, today I do. <laughs> um, no, I, I teased that a little bit earlier, um, but speaking that we are about synths today, yep. I wanted to bring up um, Jean-Michel Jarre, mm. uh, French composer, if you unaware of him, you have to look him up. But in 76, I believe, he released an album called Oxygen. And um, it is a classic piece of work. Um, Now, it's all synthesizers. Uh, You've probably heard things from it. Um, But it is a beautiful piece of work. And um, this is from the days before sequencing. So everything that you hear Had to, on that album is, you know, it, it is done by hand, live as it were. Uh-huh. So Patch cables and running around the room at the same time. <laughs> yeah, and all the sequencing and everything going on. there. So it, it's uh, oxygen. It, uh, it's not a new discovery for me, but I would be remiss if I didn't bring it up talking about synths today. Aha. Uh-huh. What about you, Jody? What do you got for us? For me, I am not going to go the synth route with my Friday find. I'm actually going to go with a small guy who develops some pretty big stuff, or at least some pretty cool stuff anyway. Uh, He's a single-person developer, and his company is called Boz Digital Labs, and he recently came out with a plug-in called L. Clapo. And it does exactly what it sounds like it says it's going to do. It is a clap generator, and it can do very simple claps, like a single clap, and it can do very complex, multiple person clapping all at once. And it can either be uh, tight and sound uniform, or you can make it really loose 
and sloppy. And it's pretty crazy what this little plugin can do. And as a matter of fact, uh, it's crazy how it can pull my Mac Pro to its knees. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> I was actually kind of wow. surprised because I tried to do the maximum number of claps with the maximum amount of sloppy and like space. And my computer was kind of starting to choke a little bit, but that was also inside a giant mix. So tough to say. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's pretty impressive. Well yeah. done. <laughs> so I was kind of surprised because usually plugins don't bring it down unless it's like yeah. a really, really what would be considered an intense plugin. So I, I backed off on the number of claps on it. So, but, but that was probably a pretty dense mix. Oh, it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah. So, but it was fun to play around with. And I really like the guy who has created Boz Digital Labs. I own yeah. several of his plugins because they are extremely cool. But today's pick is El Clapo, which just came out over the holidays. And it's, if you need claps, this guy's got them. <laughs> cool. Very good. So at this point, good. Uh, let's wrap up this uh, little thing. So while we have your attention, we want to ask you to please go to the website. Uh, you can write us a review by going to inside the recording studio dot com forward slash review that helps us as podcasters uh especially with the apple podcasts i would think that the same i don't know if spotify does them yet nobody's mentioned it to us but if they do we probably want to get that on the website as well uh, another thing that we'd like you to do is just ask you to go to inside the recording studio.com and sign up for the email list you'll get some cool plug-in presets from both chris and i plus you'll get weekly reminders about the tuesday tips and the previous episode that just happened and we'll keep you abreast of any cool stuff that might be coming down the pipe before it hits any kind of social media or the podcast itself, one would hope. Anyway, uh, if you would like to get a fancy little something doodad in your email inbox, send us an email at goldstar, all one word, goldstar, at insidetherecordingstudio.com with the word oscillator. That is this week's word for the gold star special prize. And if you have a topic of suggestion for Chris and I to sit here and expouse upon in a future episode, contact us on the website inside the recording studio.com forward slash contact. We'll give you a form. You can fill it out and we'll put it into consideration for a future episode. And it's highly likely that we would make use of it. And with that, I'm going to say, see you next week and happy 2021. Indeed, Jody. Have yourself a good rest of the day, okay? You too. Goodbye.